The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. Taylor McGregor from our Key Sports Network. Thanks for uh, taking some time today on this game day. Yeah, happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So I was curious, how has it been so far in your first year covering the Cubs for Marquee? And obviously you throw in the pandemic and all those challenges. So how has it been so far in this uh, abbreviated season? It's been surreal. Um, You know, starting a new network and the unfamiliarity of that, coming to a new team. And then, of course, in the middle of a pandemic, it's been really challenging. A lot of the things that I thought would translate from Colorado to Chicago um, just haven't simply because of the pandemic. So it's just so much newness for me um, trying to navigate a new network. But then the bigger thing is trying to navigate in the middle of a pandemic. How do you um, still come up with creative stories? How do I still come up with content that's valuable to the broadcast and I'm uh, evolving every single day. I don't have a perfect answer for that, but it's been it's been fun still because I have to appreciate the fact that I'm one of the only people in the country who gets to watch live baseball still, and I don't take that for granted. So um, it's been challenging, no doubt, but I'm also very thankful. Yeah, so I was, I was curious. Uh, I guess, like, what is your, like, today's obviously a game day, but you're in Chicago, and they're in Cleveland, so... Obviously, you're not traveling with the team. So how much, I guess, I assume you do Zoom basically for any kind of interviews or any kind of player access or any kind of, you know, stuff like that. So uh, has, has any element, I guess, in a weird way, I guess, been easy in a sense, just the fact that you are home, so you're not traveling maybe as much or at all, really? Or is it just kind of a wild card? And of course, with the 60-game season as it is, you probably were wondering if the season was even going to get going anyway. But uh, I imagine as much as it's been a challenge, maybe it's been easier in some respects than normally, if that makes any sense. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess when you say easier, maybe less time consuming as far as time spent at the ballpark. We're not going to the ballpark as early as we usually would because usually you get there, you know, five to six hours before first pitch to go to the clubhouse and kind of get everything ready for the broadcast. But now it's more, you know, three hours, two hours before the game starts. So I would say maybe that the time spent at the ballpark, I don't know if it's easier. It's just different. Um, I, I wouldn't really classify anything as easier because there's yeah. so many new challenges with the, with the, the difference this season, but we're, we're adjusting. So we're trying to make the most of it. Definitely. Yeah, I totally get that. I, I used to intern in baseball, so I know how it was being at the stadium all day and all that. But uh, yeah, it's definitely been awesome watching on Marquee. I have I mean, I'm in Virginia, so I watch on MLB TV. So it's been great seeing the coverage and just having some kind of normalcy. So you guys have been doing a great job with everything so far. Thank you. So you mentioned, obviously, you worked for the Rockies. So uh, what was the experience like over there? And how did you get your opportunity with Marquee? Yeah, the opportunity in Colorado was incredible. I'm so thankful that they gave me a shot to kind of cover baseball on an everyday um, basis and to be at the the network level. You know, a lot of people strive to get from local television to a, a regional and a national sports network. So the fact that they gave that to me, the opportunity to me at a pretty young age, I'm, I'm so grateful. It was so much fun to be in my hometown and, and cover a team that I grew up around. It, I'll, I'll never forget that and never take it for granted. Um, the opportunity kind of presented itself. I 
my name was kind of thrown out there because of people I had known through internships and kind of just met in the industry. And then one thing led to the next and all of a sudden I was, um, I was offered the job. So it kind of came out of the blue. Um, I wasn't trying to leave Colorado, but when the opportunity to be with the Chicago Cubs came about, it was hard to turn that down. Have you, have you, uh, I mean, I, I, I know you've been in Chicago, obviously when you were covering the Rockies and, you know, being on the road, but uh, was Chicago kind of a, a whole new experience for you or had you been kind of, I guess, acquainted with the city much before you got there? Yeah, I had been a little bit acquainted. I had visited here, my best friend from college, who's now my roommate, uh, she had lived here. So I had visited her um, just from a social aspect a few times. And then of course you mentioned as a visitor here with the Rockies a few times. So Chicago has always been a city that I've loved and wanted to spend time in. I never thought I'd be lucky enough to live here. Um, but I, I was certainly familiar. Of course, when you live here, you see all new aspects of it, like you hadn't as a, as a visitor. So it's been a lot of fun. I love this city. Yeah, that's awesome. I need to get back. It's been too, too long since I've been there as a visitor myself. But uh, so obviously going into the Cubs, uh, I was curious, I guess, like, I don't know, obviously you're covering the Rockies, so I don't know if, you know, you may not be as, I guess, familiar with the whole Joe Madden experience as much. Obviously, you know about the Cubs, you know, throughout the last few years, they've had success getting to the playoffs and everything, but I think going into this season, there was a bit of a question mark about maybe their contention window and how David Ross was going to do, and uh, they've been playing really well so far, obviously, you know, with the best record so far in the game, and I was kind of curious maybe if you had any surprises so far from your perspective or what you might have imagined maybe going in versus how things have kind of played out. Now, obviously again, weird season with everything happening, but obviously they've been playing really well so far. Yeah. I think one of the things that I don't know if it's a surprise, but something that has stood out to me is just the way that this team has made the most of these circumstances and you see how much fun they're having. They're building each other up. There's energy in the dugout and they're, trying to enjoy this season where there's a lot of uncertainty there there is fear and there's a lot of things that uh, might cause you to not have fun and they're doing the opposite so I've been been really excited about that for this ball club and just the way that they've stepped up to the occasion and of course when you look at David Ross's personality it makes sense Uh, it just is it's contagious his his persona and you see that spilled onto the rest of the team so that for me has been what I've noticed so far about but what Rossi's brought to to this ball club and I think it's he's the perfect man for the job especially right now when you need that positive energy to kind of keep your mind um on baseball and you know understand what's going on in the world and respect that but also being able to to take that energy and and create a positive outlook. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely feel that with the whole, the fun vibe. Uh, to me, they kind of uh, are bringing back, you know, the fun, but they're also grinding out games and at-bats again. And I feel like David Ross has been so far, it's been such a perfect compliment for this team as far as just trying to make the most, like you said, make the most of everything and just capitalize. I mean, they they seem to have that, that swagger back, I guess, but... Um, yeah, I was, uh, I, I guess I've been really surprised, not surprised, but 
pleasantly surprised about the rotation playing as well as they have. Um, I know there were some question marks there outside of Hendricks and Darvish. And, you know, you wonder, like, you know, Lester's a bulldog, but it's like, what does he still have left? But he's been really good so far. Obviously, the bullpen's kind of the question mark, so hopefully they can kind of, you know, figure that out, get Kimbrell back on track. Yeah, pitching wins games. I mean, let's just call that what it is. If, if you can't pitch well, you're probably not going to be able to have sustainable success in this game. So that's been a huge, huge plus for the Cubs this year. And and pitching sets the, sets the tone. We talk about it so much, how the starters truly set the tone, and they do for the hitters because if – if you're, you know, at home and all of a sudden your your pitcher gives up a five spot to lead off the game, that instantly just takes the juice out of the offense. And so it's kind of a spiral um, effect. And I don't think people understand how much that kind of does really set the tone within within the um, the dugout. So that's been so awesome to see the way that the starters have picked up the team, but also um, fed off of each other. And then the offense has been a bright spot as well. You put you put the pitching that this team has had with the offense. I mean, you look at hitters one through nine, the way that yeah. they're producing, just grinding through at bats. They're seeing pitches, the most pitches per plate appearance in all of Major League Baseball. So that just shows the discipline that they're having at the plate. Having those professional at bats um, has been huge. And I think uh, some of that can be attributed to, again, like I said, just the starting pitcher setting the tone and kind of getting these guys on, off on the right foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the at bats again. Going back to 2016, it was like this team would just grind at bats every game, and it seemed like they kind of got away from that the last few years. So they seem to really have gotten back to that. You know, it's working obviously as far as getting bats at bats deeper and making pitchers work harder. And yeah, the offense that was another thing. It was like the last few years. It seemed like they would always squander opportunities. They have a ten run game, and they followed up with a one or two run game or get shut out. So it seems like uh, even when they aren't putting up, you know, five runs a game. They're still finding ways to just come through when it matters, which has been obviously pretty huge. And even over the, even last night, uh, seven runs after, uh, you know, the weekend, uh, you know, off basically with the Cardinals game series getting wiped out. Also, I was kind of curious too, because going into the season, I thought, okay, with a DH now, I kind of assumed as probably many others that Schorber might be that more of that primary DH. And really, he's played more left field. I know he wanted to play more in the outfield. He's got that arm for left field. But uh, I was kind of surprised, I guess, that he has not DH a little bit more than I you know, may, may have thought going in. Has that kind of – were you kind of curious about how they would uh, – how Ross would kind of utilize that role? It seemed to me like they had so many guys that could actually DH. You know, they could put Caratini in there. A guy like Brian or Rizzo might get a game here or there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's fun watching the DH, but – interesting to see how they've been utilizing that spot yeah I wouldn't say it's been a surprise to me necessarily how they've utilized it we knew it was kind of going to be um, a rotating door whoever was in there um, on a given day Kyle Schrober look listen players want to play in the field um, when you're when you come up doing that you want to be on both sides of the ball and so Kyle kind of joked you know I've been the guy to to be deemed the designated hitter, but I want to play in this field. And I think we've seen him kind of garner that energy and be productive out there in left field. And, but then he also can take on the role of a DH. We've seen Caratini. I mean, he's swinging the bat really well and another guy step up. So I'm not really surprised by the way that they've utilized that role. Cause David kind of said, 
going into summer camp that it, it wasn't going to be just one person's role. They were going to alternate guys in there. And he made it very clear, whoever has a hot bat's going to play. And I think you, you've seen that. Yeah, I thought Yeah, I thought going in, that was one of their strengths, was that they had so many guys that could really rotate that spot. So it's been cool to see how they've been able to make that work. And it does seem like no matter who it is, Caratini, Kipnis, whoever, is able to step in and just get you know a hit or two and you know keep that offensive or either start or get that offensive rally uh you know going with the whole covid impact on the sport obviously it's kind of hard to even guess or assume what could potentially happen but do you i guess with the way you know the cardinals have been obviously affected obviously haven't played in like what two weeks now it seems like the marlins had their issues do you if you're if you're able to kind of comment on this, do you foresee, I guess, basically the full 60 being played out? Or do you think that they're going to have to make some kind of, I don't know, just kind of have to make some kind of adjustment on the spot as far as how they're going to get these games in for teams like the Cardinals? Because I don't know how they're going to make up, you know, all these games they've already missed and potentially could still miss as the season progresses forward. It's a great question. <laughs> um, nobody really knows the answer to that. I think it could they come down to win the six because up games like you normally would. I mean, they now have the the seven inning split double header, so that's going to help things. But if if the Cardinals continue to miss games, I think it's going to be really challenging for them to get all sixty in um, in the rest of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are teams who don't play all sixty, and it just goes based upon win percentage. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of came up with some kind of bubble for the playoffs or something just so that they're able to get, you know, top, whatever, 16, 12 teams in and just say, okay, World Series in a bubble, let's just do this. And all the rest of the teams just go home until next year or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. On a typical game day like today, for instance, what's your typical routine, you know, whether the team's on the road or at home? But uh, could you mention you're trying to get content, you're trying to figure out how can I get creative and get things for – you know, the, the broadcast later on. So what's kind of, especially now, I guess, you're probably just using Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. How, how do you kind of go about your typical, you know, typical morning like today going into the afternoon? I think it's a lot more preparation going into the ball game, um, or at least going to the stadium before you kind of go to the stadium. And you do certainly still have ideas, but you have so much more direct access to the players that stories just naturally evolve from that but in this season you don't and so you know you'll get a manager and a player every single day um, but you kind of have to adjust to who that particular player is each day so a lot of preparation that goes in before I wake up in the morning I read stats um, see some of the stuff that's going on in social media and kind of evolve from there so it's a process that I'm constantly trying to mold and shape because I'm not used to this season and and it is challenging but um, I would say that's kind of the gist of, of what I do. And I imagine working with Len and JD has to help too, because they're pros. I think they make, they probably make it seem seamless or, you know, help make it as easy as possible. So I'm sure working with them has only made it even that much more easier or enjoyable at least. Definitely. Definitely. They're the best. Well, Taylor, thanks so much for just taking some time. I know it's a game day. You're busy with everything going on over there, but uh Again, thanks so much for just giving me a few minutes of your time. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, Taylor. Have a good rest of the day. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. A special thanks to Marquee Sports Network's Taylor McGregor for coming on to the Cutting to the Chase podcast. 
feel free to check it out across Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, etc. You can subscribe, leave a five-star rating if you'd like, comment, give me any kind of feedback. I'm always trying to get any kinds of, you know, interviews and talk with whoever I can really. So, you know, any feedback, I'm definitely open to hearing it. And uh, thanks again, and I will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.